What's up, guys? Welcome to a Vibe Call West Radio. Today we have a very special guest, Brez Fitz. What's up, man? How you doing today? What's up? I'm doing great. You know, it's a good day. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Dude, this is uh, very exciting. I appreciate you taking your time before you go back to school to chop it up with me about music. And uh, candidly, I know I, I was telling you a little bit before, but I saw your viral video of you in jacuzzi just being able to completely register which Logic song it was in like under two seconds. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, it's like, you know, like I like I did say before, like that was like a very like spur of the moment, like something I had been wanting to do for a while, because that's like a trend that people have done for other artists like uh, people have done it. But what I actually I don't know if you ended up seeing this, but what actually had happened when that happened, Logic uh, did his uh, duet, whatever. Like I got so many like cheating allegations, like people <laughs> like people that just like couldn't believe it. Like it's not the craziest thing in the world. Like I know there's lots of fans of artists who can do that so then i posted like a different one which was like three minutes long of me like doing it blindfolded just to like shut people up but yeah <laughs> I, that shit was crazy people thought you're using peds like Adderall people somewhere. were like people were like oh he's looking off screen the whole time like yeah i'm looking in the fucking jacuzzi <laughs> brother like you're literally um, it's like you're trying to like you're trying to like bring a screen in there and just like ruin it with water but yeah, yeah. i mean so i gotta say one first off that was really impressive too um, I've been seeing then your growth with, I think, I think it's really important for people to understand that there's one thing to have a viral moment and there's one thing to build a platform upon that viral yeah. moment and keep momentum. Yeah. And keep creating iterations, which I've really seen you do. Speaking of which, actually, I know that you actually did an interview with Hellblazer. Yes. On your I channel. Did. Okay. And, and I want, <laughs> I got you, but I, and I want to ask now this is kind of a role reversal. Like, do you enjoy the interview process and how do you feel about me then interviewing you? I do. I do enjoy doing interviews and the I've done two officially uh, for two smaller artists. And the reason I had done those was mainly because I had personal connections with these artists and they made music I really fucked with and I thought they deserved it. I definitely enjoy like picking the brains of people and it's something I plan to do more. Um, I don't really have like an angle with it the way I know you don't either. You're just kind of doing it like just because you want to. Um, and I know with interviewing, especially on the internet, it can always be like almost a balancing game of like who's benefiting more from having who on, you know, there's lots of like politics there, but it's me. It's just like at this moment, it's like, I just want to talk about music. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all it is for me. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm enjoying, uh, I've been interviewed once before actually, and I had a lot of fun with it. So I'm excited to see how this goes. Well, I promise you we're going to try and make that trend keep happening with you having fun on interviews. And I think I, I love the way that you positioned it like you knew him per, you knew the artist personally, you love their music, and you love talking about music. Like that's so pure, yeah. and that's going to make an amazing interview. Mm -hmm. So sure. with that in mind, I know you were saying you kind of just like have a conversational one, and I want ours to be conversational, but we do have a little bit of a structure that I want to go over. So for all the people new listening and just people watching right now, so... What we did is before the podcast, I actually had Bryce sent. I asked Bryce what was his favorite album of all time, and he told me it was "Whole Lot of Red" by Playboy Cardi. So after get, receiving that information, <laughs> I went on Spotify and I seeded the songs based on total number of streams one through eight, and then because with those results, I put them into an Elite Eight tournament bracket. With that in mind, we are now going to figure out what the best song on "Whole Lot of Red" is. Based off of Bryce's opinion. Bryce, do you have any questions? Does that sound good to you? That sounds wonderful. Uh, oh, God, so many good songs on here. I'm looking at it. 
this is already hard it's good that's you know and i'm gonna let you know the premise <laughs> of the show is it's gonna get harder which is the best part yeah yeah <laughs> and um with that in mind again candidly i w i think i messaged bryce and i was like i was expecting under pressure which you know some consider logic's magnum opus um and i was really excited that bryce said a whole lot of red because it allows me to then dive into a really iconic album again why whole lot of red though bryce why that album all right so like you know i grew up lyricist baby i feel like most people that get into hip-hop kind of start out that way depends not really with the newer generation but people our age a little bit older of course that tends to be how it goes and i i you know i love lyricism i love my substance i i love you know concepts i love execution and playboy cardi is the first artist to do all of those things with like no lyricism and it, there's something about that that is, is really artistic like i know it's like kind of like halfway a joke for people to like say a whole lot of red is like the greatest whatever of all time like i get it but like for real like i have never listened to an album more than that in my life like it makes you feel something from like the instrumentation to like the vocal inflections and the emotions coming through his voice. And I'm not just talking about like the aggressive tracks, just all the way through. It's a really diverse album. Like it really is. I know like the, the louder tracks get the most popularity, you know, that's what it's known for, but like it's a fucking really diverse album. And it, there's just something about it that has grasped me for three years now. And I just want more <laughs> and I can't have it. <laughs> it's I know he's really dangling, dangling the carrot for you guys and the Cardi fans. Yeah, but it sucks. One of the things that you said that I really loved, one was, it's the album you listen to the most, and I always want that to be the one that people choose on this show because what you what, yeah. I, what I find is that by you talking about these songs, you actually almost do the interview for me because you start talking about your relationship to that mm -hmm. and you go into your past. And the second thing yeah. you said that I loved was it has an emotion and it transfers it to you and it delivers on that. And like that's oh, yeah. important. It's really important to have that vibe and transfer that. So, yeah, amazing. I mean, it's like with ly more lyrical music, and of course, like my favorite artist is Logic. Like, of course, I like lyrical music. But in order to feel what the artist is portraying in a lot of his music, you really do gotta listen, and you gotta kind of, you know, use your brain. You know, was this a double entendre? You know, what did he mean by this? You know, is this bridge trying to like be a metaphor for something? With Cardi, it's like you just know like you just and it, not just him but like music like that you can receive those like emotions without having to really use any brain it just work it just sound good and that's really all music is to me like if it sounds good you know fuck it that's what i like dan like it's so funny i think that like i'm a very big lyrical you know obviously like i'm a rapper but like i love lyrical hip-hop so much but mm -hmm. i don't love when other people are like just shitting on you know, mumble rap or trap rap because I agree. Yeah. Like, by the way, at the end of the day, music should just fucking sound good. It doesn't oh, yeah. need to like challenge my entire perception of yeah. our, of our society. But you know, there's it's not a dick both. measuring contest. You know, it's just like oh, <laughs> just like do you like it? it? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's and that's again, that's the most pure thing. And like one's analytical, one's emotional. Both can exist. Yeah. And, exactly. And no, so I usually so I do this always before we go into the album. Um. I want you to imagine that you walk, you're, you know, you're out here in LA. I know you told me you want to get out here. Let's say yeah. you walk into an elevator and Playboy Cardi is in there. <laughs> what, first of all, like, what would you say to him? And second, he, you know what he does. He doesn't know what you do. So when yeah. he asks what you do, what would you say? Oh, 
here's the thing is like cardi is one of those artists like i would i would be honored to meet cardi because i don't know how much you keep up with him but not a lot of people get to meet that man like period like if you meet that man like you're like one of the four fans that like got a picture with him past like 2020 i have no idea what i would say to him because he's like doesn't even seem like he's human like i just i feel like if i approached him i was like hey like you know, I'm a big fan. You know, I make YouTube videos on my content. Something tells me he just wouldn't like that. Like, there's something I feel like he would he would not like that because he, he sees what goes on. Like, he sees, like, you know, not to, not going to name names, but he sees people that make content on him. And since he's so not socially active on social media and he's not really a figure, people feel like they can kind of say whatever the fuck they want about him because they, they know he won't, like, see it or reply. But I... I know, I know for a fact he'd be seeing a lot of that shit, but he just won't ever say anything. But like at the end of the day, I'd probably, I probably wouldn't even tell him I make videos. Just be like, I love you, like <laughs> you. I actually love you so much. Like you make, you're incredible. Please mm. drop me. I'm actually, really hungry. Actually, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's so funny. Like I always, I always try and do this exercise, and you know, the people that come on this podcast are so humble and so genuine. So they're always like. I wouldn't even pitch myself. I just want to say, like, I would just tell the person I love them. And I, again, like, it's the quality, yeah. it's the quality of the person that I bring on. So I'm very happy about that. And it's so true, man. Like, if Kendrick can take the long break that he has and then use an SK tweet to announce his album, everyone sees dude. everything. Everyone sees everything, even if they're not active. Yeah, they see everything. Dude, and I've had I've had conversations with certain. I don't, I don't want to name name, but certain artists, not not Logic, but certain artists. It's like. They see every like I mean, it, it, there's like a threshold. If you're like super super famous, you probably won't. But like, at the end of the day, it's like if you are famous, there's gonna be some. Let's be real. There's, there's like some level of like neuroticism there, and 100%. you're gonna be like looking at what other people are saying about you on a large scale on every social media platform. I mean, and they're not always gonna interact, and that's kind of the point. They don't really want you to know that they're seeing it. It's, I think it's a healthy thing they don't interact, but you're so right, man. Yeah. Twitter mentions, like, they at you, so you see. Yeah. You're not Especially like, if you got the fake verification, you have a whole tab now. They see that shit. <laughs> they see that shit. That's crazy. That's, see, thank yeah. you for that insight. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, if Cardi does see everything, I hope that he heard that monologue from you because that was super genuine and awesome. Oh, me too. And then me speaking of Playboy Cardi, I want us now to go to the board. Hey. And what we're going to do right is we're going to do the first two matchups and hey. i'm sorry to do this to you because i know you love this album but you're gonna have to explain to me why you think certain songs are stronger okay so so let's go for the first one i want you to do sky verse on that time all right now here's the thing with sky now sky was one of my favorite songs when the album dropped it's a very good song it, it just is a good song there's a reason it's as popular as it is like it's a very clean sounding song on that album. It's very accessible. You know what I'm saying? On That Time is almost the complete opposite. It is probably the loudest song in the album <laughs> with these like fucking blaring like guitar synths. I don't even know. Like you, I don't even know what sound that is. But over time, and I'm not trying to be that guy that's like, oh, the popularity ruined it. But like, I'm I'm returning to on that time way more than I am Sky now, like for sure. Boom! So I'm gonna give it to on that time because it really does give you that burst of like, I'm gonna punch someone in the face like immediately. 
Dude, I think that could be the first upset, the one eight upset I've seen, which is fucking <laughs> awesome. You know, yeah. it, it's it's so true. One's very more. I don't I don't know if this album is super accessible, but it's, Sky is much more accessible. Oh yeah, and I it's very euphoric, and I also do love just. Yeah. I just love the imagery that he says, like, fall out the sky, feel nothing. That's yeah, like, it is. It's a great song. It is. But, it is a wild. but I agree that there's a certain energy and uniqueness on that time. That's, you know, and there's also listener fatigue with Sky. Come on. Like, you're going to. Oh, yeah. Feel that. Yeah. That, it just is. Yeah. I appreciate that. Was, that was great. Now let's do the second one, which is Vamp Anthem versus Go to the Moon. Right. Now, Go to the Moon featuring Kanye West. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's it's a song um i actually i really do like it however you know everyone does have the arguments that oh that song's unfinished you know there really is no beat drop but you know the structure of the album you know rockstar made first track go to the moon and then it goes straight into stop breathing and listening to go to the moon and stop breathing i know i know stop breathing's on here i'm not gonna count it but like you're supposed to listen to go to the moon and then stop breathing right after you're just supposed to so Go to the Moon standalone isn't really going to touch Vamp Anthem for me because Vamp Anthem, it just has that, I don't care if it's cliche at this point, but that fucking Dracula synth like <laughs> sample from like literally like 1700 or whatever. He got it cleared. I don't know how he did that, but it's got to be Vamp Anthem. I mean, I he's the, he's, he's the King Vamp. I mean, what the hell else do you want me to see? He's the King Vamp. It's got to be Vamp Anthem. Dude, it's got to be. There's also so much power when a name completely encapsulates what the song fucking sounds like like that's yeah part it's the of van, it. that that's it it's the vamp anthem i mean there's no other title that you could give that song that's and also just the knowledge of knowing like when the sample was that's awesome you're really you, you yeah. love this album man <laughs> i love that i love it dude yeah Dope. So i breathe this album i can tell man so i'm excited and we're, i promise we're gonna come back to the album but now i want to focus on you because you know, although Playboy Cardi is amazing, it's time for, you know, everyone to really dive into what you've been able to create. So now we're going to ask a couple questions and just kind of have a conversation right. about just some great things that I found on you. So sounds great. First of all, you know, I love the entrepreneurial nature of content creation and the bold move to create a YouTube channel centered around your passion for music. The videos on your Fitz Records channels are focused, high quality and entertaining. Taking that leap into creating your own videos, though, is daunting at first. So I want to ask, what's the biggest learning curve you found with making YouTube videos? And what advice would you give a young kid who's looking to start a YouTube channel centered around music? All right. So I'm going to try to tackle this in pieces. So starting the channel was daunting. It was something I'd been meaning to do for about three years. And I I couldn't like build up the courage to do so. Finally did. I learned that talking to a camera sucks if you're not used to it. <laughs> Editing sucks if you don't know how to do it. You got to teach yourself or something. And if you're broke, it also sucks because you don't have money for equipment and it's just going to hinder everything else. But I will say you will never be able to get over any of those three things if you don't try. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you have to like, I don't want to say embarrass yourself, even if I feel like I did in some of my earlier videos, but you have to put yourself out there and you have to create a shitty video so your next one can be better. And then that shitty one will get better. You have to like keep improving on that. And if you're like, if you're a kid out there and you want to make content on something, the best time to do it was yesterday. So you need to do it like immediately. The internet's growing at an alarming rate. I mean, you should also like, 
even outside of content creation, like don't put your eggs in one basket. Like you gotta, you gotta create multiple social medias across platforms. Even if you're recycling the same content, who cares? You know, it'll, it'll pick up where it needs to be at some places, but yeah, man, it, it's hard. It, and it's definitely something that I feel like I will never master. I feel like you just can keep making content forever. Like you'll never master it. You'll always be able to get better no matter what. And that's kind of something that keeps me going because it's like, I love creating. Like I really do. And I love getting better at it. And I know every time I do get better at it, the results are going to be greater. And that's pretty much been the case so far. And I feel like for a lot of people that will be the case, but you'll never get there if you don't make that first shitty video. Dude, I cannot agree more. First of all, I hope everyone like really heard that because you know, I was actually talking with um, Andrew Zarella, who's he's producer on this podcast, one of my really good friends, business partner. Mm. Yeah, I know yeah. you know him. He's the man. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've, I've spoken with him a few one, times. Yeah. yeah, one of the things that we just always talk about is like, just do it because make, yeah. just make that first mistake. Like when we were, when we were first doing the podcast, it's completely different than what it is now. The mics were literally in front of my face. Like it looked horrible, <laughs> but, but if I never did that. I would still be sitting here being like, man, I got to make everything look perfect in the beginning. And oh, yeah. you yeah. learn so much faster that way. And that was amazing. And also, like, it's so true. Like, you have to teach yourself a new skill. How did you learn how to edit? Uh, I downloaded the free software. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Shotcut. It's free mm -hmm. editing software. And I just, like, all I knew was, like, split you know split video cut you know i i, I was kind of it's it's relatively like easy to like kind of figure out certain things with editing and like whenever i would reach something where i didn't know how to do it or i wanted to know how to do something i would just google how to do this on shotcut watch a youtube video read an article and just doing that like over and over again for whatever many things i've wanted to do eventually you'll just learn it like Awesome. I feel like it's if I switched over if I switched over to like Adobe I probably wouldn't know what the hell to do or something like I gotta I you gotta, I feel like you gotta stick with a program to an extent. Hundred percent. It's like when you know even if someone if someone starts off in Fruity Loops and then tries to go to Ableton it's like although yeah. it's, like, it's it's uh it's it's the same language just maybe different uh accents you know it's, just, yeah, it's, it's, it's something different. crazy something different yeah. man so I, I just again I love the. Again, it's entrepreneurial what you're doing, like creating content and building these brands yeah, man. And, and diversifying and diversifying on different platforms. You cannot be mm -hmm. a one trick pony right now because everyone has oh. the accessibility to learn anything. So, yeah, good to see you. With and, that. and what I've I'll say also about keeping your eggs not in one basket. One thing I have noticed is from having steady growth on pretty much all social medias, like none of them are crazy big at all, but it's like steady growth on all of them. It really does help because I get so many comments on each and every one of my social medias like, oh, are you the guy from Twitter? Are you the guy from TikTok? Are you the guy from Instagram? Are, are you the guy from wherever? Like, it, it literally helps so much. Like, people will recognize your face and name if mm -hmm. you're on multiple platforms and they see it on a different platform, like, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I, you actually made that a video about your journey and you were like, I know a lot of people know the name, but they don't know the face. So I love that you said that. Yep. That was a yep. great video. And then kind of keeping on the pace of just content creation from the needle drop to Sean C and NFR, there's so much passion and incredible content being created for internet consumption based around music. How important are these tastemakers in influencing the youngest generation perception of certain artists? Like for example, do you believe these channels can make or break the rollout of an album? hundred percent. I, I do a lot, especially Fantano. 
especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I will say the internet and you know this. I feel like anyone who's been on the internet for a while knows this. The internet is mob mentality. It is. It's groupthink. Um, <laughs> and if these you know creators are shitting on something, then it's gonna shift it one way regardless. However, I will say, I feel like people are almost growing up to a point to where they're stopping caring as much, mm-hmm. which is why in on my content, I don't really do that many opinionated videos apart from the tier list because it's like, I, I feel like in this day and age, it's like people are, I might be wrong, and I, I could see why someone would disagree with this, but I feel like people are learning to enjoy what they enjoy because there's, especially in hip hop and like the underground, which is really what I'm in, there's so much, there's so many artists. There's like, there's a, there's a niche for everything and a lot of those artists aren't getting like wide coverage by these people and i feel like people are learning to actually appreciate art for themselves and if fantano does shit on an album that people in that niche fan base like it's almost it almost does the opposite effect and it wants people to like it more so true but but for mainstream artists i would definitely agree <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would agree that uh you know youtube whoever commentators they're shifting the mindset for sure. Like if Jack Harlow sweats over Sean C, just not loving anything he does. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. probably tough, you know. And um, it, it just like it's interesting because it, I don't know. I'm a little bit older than you, but I don't know if you remember the blog era and like. Yeah. The blog. I wasn't really there, but I was on that brink. I was yeah. on that brink in middle school. Yeah. Dude, it was so it was so sick, and it was just these people that loved music that would choose artists to not gatekeep but like allow their shine so it, it, it's cool and they, these these tiktok creators and twitter people and youtubers are kind of like the new blogs so there, there's definitely mm-hmm. some congru- oh yeah there's some congruency there definitely twitter is a blog i mean it really is so 100 percent. basically the same thing or yeah. x or whatever the whatever bro <laughs> it's so crazy when i get a notification on my screen with x i'm always surprised i'm like that seems inappropriate um gotta pay my x premium membership this month <laughs> it sounds so gnarly so crazy. Uh, yeah. And then finally, kind of with YouTube channels, you know, your channel is really high quality content with videos like why hip hop hates the Grammys and why hip hop legends love logic. Staying on the topic of YouTube music content, reaction videos used to rule YouTube and people like Big Quint should have their jerseys retired in the quote unquote reaction hall of fame. Do you have a favorite reaction moment and which song's first reaction would have gotten the best reaction out of you if the cameras were on? Oh, Oh man, um, probably. Oh, I gotta think about this because I've okay. So I'll start out saying I've want wanted to do reaction content. I have on my channel before, but I'm really scared of copyright, so I'm probably not gonna ever actually do that. But my favorite reaction moment, it's gotta be like. I I don't want to say it just because it's recent and it's gonna be cliche just because Cardi, but like when I heard Cardi on Fiend on uh, Utopia. <laughs> It was great. It was wonderful because it was like it was like we had a listening party. Like I went over to my friend's house with a couple of my other friends. We were like, "All right, no phones, like no phones allowed," you know, because I know Circus Maximus. Like the film had come out earlier. There were spoilers, and like hearing Cardi come in with like a crazy deep voice, which is something that the fans have known he's been doing for like two years. But this is the first time he's done it like on an official release that wasn't a leak or anything. It honestly had me fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> just it honestly had me like, yeah. I, I, there was like some clip of some some kid listening to it for the first time, and it was like really cringe. But looking back, yeah, that was probably me. That mm. was probably me in that moment. 
Didn't you also eat a sock because of that? I did eat a sock. Yeah, I did do that. Um, which which was a, a nice little moment for me as well. I it love was that. probably worth it. Yeah, Dude, it was that, worth. It was awesome. It's like that's just like that's what the community needs. It's just passionate people loving what they do. That was that was awesome. I know Andrew actually sent me that shout out, Andrew. Um, yeah, Logic <laughs> could have called me mid mid sock eatage to <laughs> tell me to stop. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but keeping now, we're gonna like kind of transition into the realm of hip hop Twitter. I know we're just going from one um, one platform to the other. And um, I know you're very aware of that, and you're very active on that. I love following you on that. Yes. Uh, you know, you're, you're uh, what's it called? Hip hop Twitter is both an oasis and cesspool for music opinions, <laughs> as we both know. Um, you know, which out al- like while albums like "To Pimp a Butterfly" are put on pedestals, even the mention of the Big Day will create a stream of memes and visceral hatred in the comments. So, is there an album that you have a strong love for that hip hop Twitter absolutely bashes? And how would you go about defending your opinion in the comments against the mob? All right. So I like how you said that comments against the mob, because going back to what I was saying about groupthink mob mentality. Exactly. That's Twitter. That's that's literally Twitter. Um, And there are like these like like you said, Pimp a Butterfly. Oh, my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Like there there are these albums that people hold to such a high standard. And uh, do you know what a topster is? No, I actually don't. What is it? Okay, so it's something that people have been doing. It's like a website, but Mm -hmm. people have been doing this for a long time, but it really started to pop off in 2020 on Hip Hop Twitter. And essentially, you just go on it, and you can type in any album name and put a picture on it, and they call it a topster because those are like your top albums. You're supposed to order it from your favorite albums of all time, and it goes down. Mm. Um, It's like 40 albums, I think. It's something like that. So in 2020, which is when I started joining Hip Hop Twitter, there was this huge culture this huge topster culture. Everyone had their topsters, their pinned. Everyone was posting an updated topster every month, whatever, doing their monthly topsters. And that culture literally like breeded exactly what you're talking about <laughs> with like my beautiful dark twist and fantasy. Like they were like, it got to a point because people don't really do it now because it's looked at a certain way where people would like literally have like the exact same albums, all of their topsters, like the most like hype beast ass, like death grips like the money store like fantano <laughs> albums yeah. in their top top whatever and i've noticed that that has definitely slowed down nowadays people are more open with what they like but as far as an album that i wish twitter or just like the mob would enjoy more is and i understand this is a lot of like hip-hop twitter let's be real traditionally suburban folk you know <laughs> it just is what it is it's true um and there's a lot of like more street rappers who are honestly huge um, that don't really get love on Twitter because of that fact. Mm-hmm. And I know I know your question was about a specific album, but I'm gonna kind of you answer it as I wish all subgenres of hip hop and music in general, but we're talking about hip hop Twitter here, um, could really get appreciated rather than it's really like the mainstream. It's like you know up and coming artists that are kind of bubbling um who have who aren't independent and like the underground which is like the new wave like soundcloud type era but you know i've been listening to a lot of ytb fat lately (laughs) like fat trail like just just more and these artists are popular in their local areas rather than like on the internet that's why they're popular and that's why twitter doesn't talk about them but show some more love to your local artists Mm -hmm. i'll say I'll say, uh, fuck it. Uh, Fat Trail's new album, Nightmare on E Street 2. It's one of my favorite albums this year. That's my answer to that, I guess. 
Well, I'm going to listen to that right after this podcast. That's awesome. Shit's hard. I love that. I was in the album trailer for that as well. No bias. But yeah, shit's <laughs> that's hard. so sick. I mean, just the, the way that you're able to build relationships with artists is that that's going to yield crazy dividends down the road. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I love, first off, that was an amazing fucking answer. That wasn't just like, that was so nuanced and just appreciative of so many different things, first off. So with Thank that you. in mind, though, I want to keep on that just for, I want to keep that thread for one second. So again, I love how just you gave so much shine to these niche audiences and finding artists that are just bubbling and or not in the mainstream. So I want to ask though, where do you find these niche artists? Because you know they, they are kind of hidden and it's, it's great to find them. But where do you go about finding them? Which platforms? So enough, the answer is still Twitter, but it's like, this is, this is how it goes. All right, I'm 21. Any 15-year-old in America who's into hip-hop is going to be infinitely more hip to me than what's coming out. It just That just is the way it works. So SoundCloud, these artists upload on SoundCloud, okay? They're on SoundCloud in their local area. They get popularity however they may through their local area. And then a lot of the time, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the name, their name gets out there, honestly, through like Discord, Discord communities like underground rap community huge in discord i'm not really in discord like that apart from like my own discord and logic discord and then from discord it tends to kind of filter into twitter and that's where i end up grabbing it i end up being late on a lot of artists like a year or so late but in the grand scheme of thing in the grand scheme of things there are so many artists who i don't even know who are like widely talked about on a, a daily basis on like underground rap Twitter and I could only imagine Discord is going crazy and however these people found him through SoundCloud and it's like I there's like a, a few accounts I follow who are it's more than a few but there's a good amount of accounts I follow who are really big into like finding the underground the next underground artist and anytime I see a name I don't recognize from them it doesn't really matter how they're talking about them good or bad I'll check them out like mm-hmm. I have no problem with checking out a random ass like name I've never heard of because I I to an extent, it's like I trust these people's that I follow their taste because um, they do have, you know, decent platforms, these people. So I trust their their ear enough to know that if they're talking about them, they might be next up. Like, and it doesn't really matter if they're next up. But at the same time, it's like I want to be on that before it happens and I want to support while I can. Mm-hmm. So it it's it's all about finding the right people to follow on on certain social medias who are going to keep people up to date and that's kind of what i'm trying to do but to a lesser extent as i do talk about mainstream artists a lot i'm more so talking about people that really focus on the underground themselves yeah i mean like it's it's so interesting now that i'm hearing it from you know, just just an influencer in the space and just a content creator in the space it really does sound like a blog like you're saying that i there's tastemakers yeah, that i it trust is. to introduce me to people yeah. that they have deemed a certain quality and then you trust them so it's an amazing relationship that isn't maybe it's just like with the person or the platform or just the, the server on discord like that's uh that's really interesting to see mm-hmm. and i think uh, probably a lot of people would agree with that um and yeah. then moving on but staying on twitter how the creator is on record saying that hip-hop twitter nerds tend to idolize albums that were released decades before they were even born 
Tyler believes that young Twitter users stating a 90s album is their favorite of all time comes off a bit inauthentic and just try, is trying to give them basically a safe pick to sound more knowledgeable than someone else. Do you think that there's a sect of users who, who fake love classic albums just so they feel superior to other people? hundred thousand percent, bro. hundred percent, especially like I was saying earlier, during that 2020 era with the Topsters, everyone was Fantano, Corin, their 10 out of 10 albums in that, especially. Um, I will say I don't 100% agree with what Tyler's saying, um, how these people, and I don't really know if he meant this, but like how these younger people can't enjoy an older album. I like that can't be their favorite. But to an extent, you know, you didn't live through that album at the same time, but I, I still feel like you can, you can like um, old music. That really could be your favorite. But there is such a huge and i don't like i i kind of touched on this i don't think it's as bad now but there's such a huge sect of people that pretend like they literally just pretend to like things or maybe they do like things but they feel like they they like it more it's almost like a confirmation bias thing it's like okay they like this album this much this is a cool album to like and it it, it honestly may help you start to like the album more but is that really genuine is that really coming from a personal place mm-hmm. not really which is why I'm just like, let, let's be real here, bro. My favorite artist is Logic. Like, I'm going to get shit on. Like, I'm going to get shit on, and I have no problem with that. I'm not going to sit here and, like, fake my favorite artist or my favorite albums because, for, like, Twitter views. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that do that, though. They just want acceptance more than anything. And, you know, that's a that's a issue with them at the end of the day. It's so interesting that someone wants acceptance in a subjective field like music. Like it's supposed to be, yeah, man. you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just think I totally agree with you with the Tyler. I like, I don't think he was saying, and I, I think me and you agree with this. He wasn't saying that you can't enjoy it. I think I agree with you though. Like I think what he's saying is that some of these people just put on a front that they love a nineties album because it's going to be easier to wiggle their way into a room or like a conversation. Yeah. Oh yeah. Instead of, instead of being, you know, so, and, but at the same time, like I love, you know, this is not bold at all. (laughs) I love Illmatic. Mm. Oh yeah. I got Illmatic on on my wall. Of course. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Just because I was born in 95 and I missed it by a year doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. So, and I agree with you, man. Have you ever watched, um, time is Illmatic, the documentary? Nope. Dude. I'm not. Is that your fire? If you have yeah. time, it's. I think it's on Amazon. It's one of my favorite documentaries of all time. They really, they all really, right. they really put a microscope under like how the album was created. I ten out of ten recommend it for yeah, you. Yeah, I know it's a wild, it's a wild story. So I'll definitely have to uh, tap into that. Man was sixteen. Dude, that crazy. is crazy, man. Uh, yeah, it's a hell for snuffing Jesus when he was sixteen. Um, and then yeah, now. Last thing, and this one might be tough for you, but this is just me because I, I need to know this. Can you, and you could be biased, can you give me a Mount Rushmore four faces for hip-hop Twitter? All right. Um. See, there's two ways people could go about this. You could go you could go the boring way, which is just listing the biggest accounts, or you could do the fun way, which is actually listing people that you think deserve it. Yes. So, number one, he is the biggest name, whatever, but I think he deserves it because he's a close homie of mine. We've met up multiple times in person. SK, that's my guy. Definitely. I love him. Yeah. Uh, he's super nice person um, outside of the, the Twitter thing, and I I know for a fact everything he tweets and says comes from a, a place of love for music. It's no bullshit with him. It's really not. Um, super nice. 
Uh, next. Oh God. Mm. See, there's like there's so many different ways. I feel like I could go with it. Um, you know, it's your Mount Rushmore. I want you. I, I love the second way you said that. Just yeah. like your opinion, man. I, I would love to hear the people you love. Yeah. Um. I know they're not as hip hop Twitter. They're more YouTube, but they do do hip hop Twitter. I'll say NFR. I know they're big as well. Also, close people, close friends of mine who I also know do it from the heart, and I really, really appreciate the way they've injected themselves into the content game i mean me and them we were following each other when we had like a few hundred followers and they saw in a window of opportunity to come into you know this niche of what they've been doing on across all platforms and they they took it for themselves and i don't think anyone can touch their type of content for years because of that like they're they're the ones like they are the ones uh next oh man I'm going to get people like getting mad at me when they see this. It's going to be like, bro. Don't <laughs> like, kill him, man. I'm the one doing it to him. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting him okay. on the spot. Third, third, I'll say my guy, Zach, Woast Hip Hop. Not sure if you're familiar with him. He is around 18 or so. Okay. Something like that. Um, Super genuine, dude. Uh, He is someone who, like I was talking about earlier, he will show attention to the street rap a lot on his account. And a lot of that's because he's from Memphis. And like I said, a lot of these street rappers are popular in their local area rather than the internet. But he definitely takes the time to put his own city on. You know, there's lots of stuff coming out of Memphis that is hard as fuck that really does not get attention on the internet the way it should. And I wholeheartedly appreciate him actually going in to like... Because I feel... I don't know. For an artist, I feel bad if you're like only popular local. Like, of course, you can do shows, you can do club appearances and make your money like fine. But I feel like they're at a disadvantage as a pair as compared to like a signed artist who's internet famous rather than locally famous. You can only get it so big locally, literally. Literally. Um, <laughs> the proximity. Yeah. Yeah. And then my next one um, be this dude. His name's KMA. For real. His name's KMA for real at KMA for real underscore on Twitter. He's just a super like smart dude. Like he knows so much. Like he knows so much about underground, mainstream, whatever. And he's not afraid to like put his opinion out there. And that's one of those people who I go to about taste making. Like if they're talking about artists I'm not heard of, I'm gonna listen to them. That's like my that's my dude for the underground for real. Super nice guy as well. So yeah, I think we got SKNFR. Woast Hip Hop, KMA. Those are my guys. That's my Mount Rushmore, for real. <laughs> Thank you for doing that, man. I um, I know so, SK. That took I'm me a while to answer, yeah. Dude, <laughs> took I mean, me like, a while to answer. I appreciate that. You didn't just, you, you, it was a, it was thought-provoking, and you, you went through the steps, man. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. First of all, yeah, NFR is, um, seeing their rise was truly incredible, and you're so right. It's just, crazy, dude. It's so authentic. It's, their rise is crazy, yeah. Well, their videos. I've never are, seen anything like well, their videos are like the most perfect. They just like the distribution of them on on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. It's perfect. It's made for that. Dude. It's perfect. Yeah, he is. They're both. There, it's like it's four guys, but all of them are so smart. They all know what they're doing. Dude, they're great guys. Uh, that's awesome that you know them too. And just and I'm really excited to check out the two. Again, one of the best parts of this podcast, I learned so much about a space that I love. I'm going to check out the two people. Thank you for saying their handles in there. We will also tag them. Yes. In the episode. Yes. Awesome. And then, you know, I'd be remiss not to ask about the relationship with Logic. Because of course. I, that, that, you know, that's how I found you. And I want to say, though, 
uh, I'm a massive Logic fan. Um, I've read his book twice. I've you know when I was you know I'm a little bit older than you. In 2011, I went on this song is sick, and the front page of the website was Maryland rapper Logic. It's crazy I remember this. Maryland rapper drops mixtape, album level mixtape with incredible lyricism. I'm like 14. I'm like all right, like I've never even heard of this guy. The album cover looks cool. Downloaded on that blog. It was a premiere on that blog. Downloaded it. Looked at the track list. I was in, I just like didn't listen to music how I do now. I don't listen to it like all the way through. I saw the song Shine On. Yeah. I liked the name of the song Shine On and I've been a fan since that day. <laughs> in October. Yeah. Like, I remember yeah, it so perfectly. And then I know you met him in person now and you've had conversations with him in person. And I want to ask, what was that? You don't have to like, tell me what the conversation was about, but what was it like meeting him in person? And does his positive and endearing aura online transfer to the conversation in person? Yeah. So... When I when I had met Logic in person, I think we had both felt like we already knew each other because we did have, um, you know, we have we've played games before, we've interacted a ton, we've talked before online. Um, but being in person, one hundred percent, you know, that's Logic. Like that's that's him at the end of the day. Or I'll, I'll instead of saying that's Logic, that's Bobby because he treated me and all my friends like equally like with kindness you know he was shaking everyone's hand he was asking my friends you know what they like to do their hobbies like just making sure they were good and he was super welcoming super like it wasn't awkward at all um if like you know my friends maybe they were like a little bit nervous but he made sure just to like joke with them um and of course i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like logic's like my best bud or anything you know i talk to him however often i do however infrequently whenever he's available and every time it's always been nothing but love and he's he gets i don't want to say he gets comfortable with people quickly but he's not afraid to like mess around with you like if he if he knows you like he's definitely a big troll and it's it's a very he's a very wholesome troll i'll say because he just i don't know it's it feels like he he treats everyone equally like and from being especially i don't know if you're aware of this discord he has going on now Mm -hmm. seeing him interact with all types of fans like live he really does like love his fans like he really does take the time to learn your name learn what you like to do learn things about you and he will remember it next time he talks with you and there's all types of like inside jokes and memes that go on in that discord about certain users and the interactions they've had with logic like there's this one guy who like was like begging logic to drop a song and he was like he was like man why are you always begging me to drop a song why don't you go like fix my I don't even know. He's like, fix my light bulb or something, you electrician. And it's like just a joke <laughs> that he's an electrician. I don't know. It's just like little yeah. things like that. He's extremely he's extremely funny guy. He's mm-hmm. he's super nice, uh, super welcoming. He's shown me nothing but love. He's given me thousands of dollars worth of shit for free just because he wanted to. And you know, that I can never like repay that back. So I mean, first of all, I think it's one you're you you know even though we're just like really meeting you're a very genuine authentic uh nice guy so i would imagine you guys would fall into rapport very easily and be able to kind of go back and forth and i don't care what anyone says about you know obviously there's people on the internet that we've talked about with logic the way that he handles his relationship with his fans needs to be studied by like college courses because it has created this community of people that through rain or shine, sickness or health will support him. And like that is so powerful beyond yep. what anyone says. So I love that you echoed that he does that in the Discord server. 
Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it's a family like in the most like true aspect is like I've been in, or I'll say I've been in and I've been outside of viewing inside of certain fan bases who have like these huge, like cult followings, like, uh, especially like juice world. That's a big one. Eminem. That's another big one. Stuff like these. It's like these People in those communities, a lot of the time, it's about competition. It's about, you know, who can be the bigger fan page, who can post this first, who can get the exclusive information, who's going to get noticed more. But in Logic's fan base, it's like, like you are my brother or my sister. It's like, we're going to sit here and talk about the things we love, not even related to music. And that's pretty much it. It's like, there's, I've never seen... And I've been in this fan base for a long time, the same way you have. Like, I've never seen, like, drama or, like, beef inside the fan base through, like, some of the more prominent members. That's just, like, never happened. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the message that Logic has portrayed through his personality, through whether it be through music, interviews. I mean, you're going to attract what you're going to put out. And his fan base is the best, man. Like, I'm just be real. It's so true. There's... There's, I've made some people that I'm probably going to be friends with for the rest of my life just through being a fan of Logic's music. It's amazing, man. I, dude, you you took the words out of my mouth. You beat me too, but I love that. It, it start if the roots, if the roots of something are pure and good, the tree is going to yep. be great. If it starts off and the person, uh-huh. if the person that it's about is you know amazing, I think the people that congregate around it are going to be amazing. So yeah. For sure. Totally, totally echo that. And, you know, cer- there's certain artists that become a part of a young person's growth and maturity, and those artists become formative parts of their personality. Why do you think music is so important during your teenage years? And at what moment did you join the Rat Pack and become an all unapologetic Logic fan? So I got into music, um, let's see, it was probably around like 2012 or something. And I think it's so, at least for me, it was so important to have that outlet because I was very like I was very introverted as a kid you know I had my close you know circle of friends and I I liked hanging out with them but I was very much trying to figure myself out and just being able to like it sounds like wasting time now when you're older but when you're a kid I feel like when you're wasting time you're not really wasting time you know if you're playing games you're listening to music that is forming the person you're going to be and music especially has formed the person I am like 100,000%. I don't think I'd be the person I am without Logic's music. I got into Logic in 2015, so it was a little bit after I started to get into music. I was more so into like Drake, Childish Cambino, uh, ASAP Rocky. I was huge on before I found Logic. But once I found Logic in 2015, it really jump-started my true love for music, and I started getting into other artists for like up until now like it the obsession has not stopped since that and like i said just the message that logic has portrayed throughout his interviews it's like i when you're young and you see someone like him and you think he's like the coolest motherfucker ever and you see like how he treats other people or how he speaks how you should treat other people and such through interviews music it makes you want to be that way and there could be an argument being made that a lot of these kids are looking up to these like you know rappers who aren't the best role models and to an extent i don't really think that's an issue that maybe sound contradicting 
But I think at the end of the day, a kid just wants someone to look up to who they think is cool. And as long as they're not like an absolutely horrible person, I think that's fine. Like, I think that's fine. Logic just happened to be more formative as far as my like moral compass goes, I guess you could say. I know so many people have, you know, logic always says like, you know, treat the janitor how you would treat, you know, the manager. President, shake, yeah. Shake, you know, shake, the, shake the hand of everyone in the room. And I totally agree. But first of all, for everyone listening, did he just say, your child wasting time and not wasting time? That's a fucking bar. I love that line. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was sick. My face, if you shows it, I was like, damn. That's funny. That's fucking awesome, man. It was, it was a great. Grand View Ghostwriter. I mean, literally, man, that's uh, the next top 10 hit. It's going to be my next one. Um. Dude, thank you. dude, first of all, you're you're very well spoken. So that was awesome to you know. Thank you. Thank you for letting me ask those questions. I now they'll want to go back to the board and allow you to kind of sweat choosing which song you like the most. So let's finish off the first round. I want you to do hey. the third matchup, which I love you, I hate you versus Rockstar Made. All right, this one's hard. These are like two of my favorites on the album. That next matchup's gonna suck, but I'll get to that, I guess. Um, <laughs> Rockstar Made is fucking aggressive, you know. It's in your face. Uh, I will say, as far as the more abrasive songs in this album, it's not one of my favorites on there, which is probably gonna lean me towards "I Love You, I Hate You." I love you, I hate you. Has that classic Pierre Bourne production. It is like that classic Cardi sound almost, but with the new higher pitched vocal inflection he was going for in some of these tracks and that song is like you play it and it's like you're floating like you just are there's something euphoric about that song and i i don't think i've ever heard a song quite like that and i I know it there are other cardi songs produced by pierre that kind of sound like that song but this is my favorite pierre and cardi collab so i'm gonna give it to i love you i hate you that's why it moves on that's actually my favorite beat on the project as well yeah, that's it's, just crazy. It's beautiful, man. It's so it's like yeah. it's just like you're floating. It's so euphoric. Awesome. Yeah. So that was that was a great explanation for that one. Now let's go on to the hard one though. Yeah, no. Break it down for oh. me. Stop breathing versus okay. new tank. So the crazy thing is that these these are both in my top three for the album. Um <laughs> so I had on my channel, I had done a Playboy Cardi discography bracket with two of my friends and it was like it was all three of those albums and it was a bracket um the winner of that was neither of these songs but it should have been one of them at least because these are just like it's just top three cardi like Mm -hmm. it just is new tank is short it's aggressive much how stop breathing is there's no hooks it's just a verse which honestly for for an artist like cardi who is more repetitive especially when it comes to hooks and getting like something stuck in your head, he really took the new tank and was like, no hook. Like, I'm just going to do a verse, which is something to honestly respect a lot because it is such a great track. I mean, that verse is crazy. I got me some thoughts. They thought I was gay. I mean, what the hell? Who <laughs> says that and gets away with it? Him. But at the same time, it's like, dude, Stop Breathing is like the anthem for like a Playboy Cardi concert. Like, that's, it just is. It's like when I go to a concert, I'm trying to hear that song immediately. I probably return to stop breathing the most on this album. Um, so it's it's gonna have to go to stop breathing. Barely Boom. though. That was barely. I gotta say, like having someone that creates content and is like uh just like in the space of hip hop Twitter and everything, your explanations for this are so thorough and great. 
it's like usually you have to try and probe. You're killing it right now. You're being like you're yeah. explaining it to me in such yeah. a good way. <laughs> you're also you're so passionate about it, which is great. So boom, we now yeah. have the semifinals. But before we go to the semifinals, I want to go back to kind of I I I want to do this really fun exercise with you, where um I love Colin Coward and he he he's he's a sportscaster, and his show is centered okay. around these like really fun segments. So what I want to do is I want you to describe. I'm going to give you four Logic albums. I want you to describe them to me in three words or less. All right. Got you. So for the first one, let's just go with the classic, Under Pressure. I made it. Boom. Please dissect that because I agree that was that's a great response. But why is it I made it? So obviously he didn't make it at that moment as, as far as where his peak would be. But in, in the terms of hip-hop and music – Debut album, first release under Def Jam Records, uh, completely funded by Def Jam. Or excuse me, I just said that wrong. Completely funded by himself because Def Jam wouldn't pay him enough to fund it. That album put him on the map. I mean, you got features from Big Sean, Childish Gambino on the deluxe. That album, not only is it just so incredible, you listen to the tracks on that. You know, he's talking about his upbringing. He's talking about the basement. He's talking about before the basement. And when you finally finish that album, you get to till the end of the celebration at the end. It's like he made it. You know, he has a chance to make this like a lifelong career. And he did. Clearly, we know that now. <laughs> but know, yeah, yeah, that album is a very I made it type album for me. Dude, that was a great. I, I agree because that was like it, 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 he always said it was his coming out party. And it also it kind of actually makes sense with the trajectory of his career, which he's going to be under pressure till the end. I feel like he always yep. felt that, but you're right. Cause yep. he made it, but then he was like, now I got more work to do. So that was a great response. Yeah. Now I want to do everybody. Uh. It's tough by the way. I was like trying to do this. Yeah. I, I was, I was, I was, I was, there's like two ways. I feel like I could approach it. Mm -hmm. Just go with the, with um, your gut. love everybody. I guess <laughs> I know it's that yeah. cliche with the word everybody in there, but love everybody. I mean, you know, the concept of the album, but for some of the people watching might not, he is rapping from the perspective of every single living person who had ever lived. Um, I feel like, you know, I do have some issues with the execution of that concept, which I won't really get into. I, I still think it's a good album, but at the end of the day, that's an album about literally it's just about love. Like it's about loving people it's about being kind. It's about not judging books by their covers. It's about stopping hate. It's about all those things. Um, and I think as far as those themes go, it was executed very well. But I think the actual concept of the album, like I said, him living through however many people who lived, wasn't executed as well. But it's it definitely got across the, uh, the loving themes. I mean, you can see that through 1-800. I mean... Mm -hmm. Come on, biggest song ever, Seriously. you know, saved, proven to save hundreds of lives. I mean, what what's more beautiful than that? Literally, the power. Of, I mean, like, dude, that's such a amazing sentiment, and like, just like the yeah. and like, by the way, it's like the tangible da data that's like the 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 hotline had an increase yeah. in calls, which is amazing. Um, yeah, and I agree, man. Everybody is a great album. First of all, it sold like what, like 250k or something. It was dude, massive, massive. There's a lot, sales. huge for him. His his biggest uh, 
first week sales of all or of all time. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I was appreciative of it. It was ambitious as hell, and I was appreciative appreciative yeah. that he did that. Awesome. And yeah. then this is definitely a new a next part of his career, but no pressure. Mm. I found paradise. Mm. Damn, and and the yeah. reference, dude. Please break it down. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, we know this was supposed to be his retirement album. It wasn't, but it was in a sense. I'll say it was his retirement from the industry. We know that now. And even as a Logic fan, you probably knew this. We knew that Logic was tired of the industry, not the music. And he honestly made that pretty obvious throughout his career. Um. So when he did announce his retirement after No Pressure, I almost saw it coming in a way. I just didn't expect it to be so sudden after like a year hiatus from the internet. Um, but this album talks about his his new wife, his new baby boy, how he found happiness outside of the internet, outside of music. He doesn't need fans' approval. He doesn't need strangers' approval. He doesn't need other artists' approval to be happy because he has his family and he has his friends. And at the end of the day, that is his paradise. It's like, obviously, incredible true story reference, being corny in here. But that, at the end of the day, that is the moment where I felt Logic was genuinely happy. Mm-hmm. Like, it just was. And ever since then, he's been on that that happiness, and I've loved to see it. 100%, man. I, I totally agree. I, the, the reference to paradise is perfect. And then also, just like that music is so, like, there's so much intent. It's crazy. There's so much intent. There's what five hooks. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Yep. Actually, it's it, I, I have a very special. Same. I have a relationship with it, personally. Mm-hmm. That's it's amazing. And finally, I want to just do one last one. I know it's your favorite mixtape of his, Young Sinatra, Undeniable. Oh my God. Um, true, gritty, and raw. Boom. I mean, there are some tracks on there. I mean. There's some deep cuts on there like Dear God where he's talking about how his mom almost choked him to death. And then you have other tracks like Disgusting with Castro where you will hear like the coolest verse you've ever heard in your life ever over (laughs) a classic instrumental. There is just something. It is raw. Like you can even tell listening to it. I know that it's old, but. Logic definitely made some of these tracks sound a little more raw on purpose. Like as far as the vocal post effects on it, on his mic goes there, there are certain tracks on there. I mean, there's classic instrumentals on there, which is why I say it's raw and gritty. I mean, I'm talking about no biggie. Come on. <laughs> that classic instrumental. I mean, I, I feel like undeniable is like a, a, the pinnacle of logic just rapping just because he can, but also there are some more more mellow cuts in there. So there's like a, a three track stretch which a little is a little bit more R and B, a little more like love focused. Yeah. But apart from that, it is like he's spitting. He is spitting, spitting on some of the most classic instrumentals out there. I mean, what else could you want from a mixtape? Dude, he was hungry as fuck on that. It's classic as classic. Incredibly, is. yeah. Dope, man. So thank you for doing that exercise with me. I want to go back to the board now. Let's right. go through the semifinal and then do the final. So right. I love the upset. It's going to be On That Time <laughs> versus Vamp Anthem. Oh, no, sorry about that. It's going to be On That Time versus Stop Breathing. Apologies. All right. Um, 
Now I did I did go into detail about a little bit more of these tracks, but I'm just I'm just say right out the gate or right out the gate. I'm giving it a stop breathing. I just am. They Boom. are both aggressive, but there's something about that that ringing 808 and stop breathing. I mean, freaking filthy is the best producer known to man. I don't know how he does it. It's stop breathing. It just is. It's got to be. I love that was quick. I love that man. Thank you. Yeah, that, that was a great answer. Now let's do. It's gonna be Vamp Anthem versus I love I love you I hate you. Now Vamp Anthem I do like a lot because of just the image it portrays for Cardi, especially during that time where he was full vampired out. He's not as vampired out anymore. He's I don't even know what he's doing now. He's mysterious. He's a shadow being now. <laughs> but at that time I I did enjoy Vamp Anthem a lot. Yeah, I felt like it was pretty funny the fact that that song even exists. But if I'm comparing it to a song like I Love You, I Hate You, it's not quite getting there. It's just not. Vamp Anthem, I don't want to say it's a gimmick song because it's not. It's a good song. But it's it's almost to the point with me where I don't think it's aging as well as it should have. And I don't think that's Cardi's fault. I think he's literally just changing his aesthetic, and that's just kind of going to happen at that point. Um, you know, The sample also probably doesn't help as much with those feelings. So I'm going to give it to I Love You, I Hate You. I love that you brought up the aging because like it's so true like that also is such a big aspect of how the album is perceived because I think like a classic takes about five years to know and yep, how that you know how the song ages is going to play into if it's a classic and now man yeah you, we got to do this it's gonna be the hardest one hopefully I want you to do the finals of a vibe call West radio Bryce Fitz I want you to tell me man is it stop breathing or is it I love you I hate you See, these are like, these is these are the peak performances from both ends of this album. You know, you have the the, the aggressive, in your face loudness, and "Stop Breathing" is the best track of that stature, in my opinion. And then you have the more mellow, more dilit inspired, you know, melodic Cardi. "I Love You, I Hate You" is the best song on the album that uh, portrays that kind of sound, and it's hard for me to compare them, but you know. While we were when we were talking about a whole lot of red earlier, um, when you asked me what my favorite album of all time was, I was mm-hmm. like, it's whole lot of red just because I've listened to it as much as I have. And if we're gonna look at the numbers, I'm playing Stop Breathing more than I Love You, I Hate You. I am. <laughs> when I get in the car and, and I'm feeling the slightest bit angry, I'm playing Stop Breathing. Like I'm just playing it. So that's got to be my answer. Dude, there it is. Stop Breathing takes it yeah. home. This was so sick, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for uh, preparing that for me. I, I had no idea you were going to do something like that. That was dope as fuck. Oh, dude, awesome. Yeah, you know, it's kind of just like I always think the best interviews, you know, they deliver on two things, a great conversation. And I also want people to get something, you know, enter- like entertaining out of it. Um, yeah, yeah. But Bryce, you did that for me, man. And I want to say, is there anything that you got, you know, you kind of want to tell everyone, you want to plug anything, give them your socials? I would love to open the floor for you. Of course. Uh, I mean, my socials, you know, just follow me on Twitter. You can click my link tree in my bio and find everything else because I have like 18,000 things. But uh, my Twitter is just FitzBryce, two T's in that, at FitzBryce. Do that, and I guess I'll just leave you guys with um, be kind. You know, be kind to one another. At the end of the day, as far as the type of community I like to boaster on my social medias is one about music. And like we were saying earlier, this is a subjective community, and there should never really be any arguments to be had there especially it shouldn't get personal just show love to music you like 
Don't be a poser and pretend that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is your favorite album of all time. It's not, and you know it. So be kind. Be kind to people. Like what you like. Don't be afraid to be yourself. And yeah, show love. Perfect, man. Last thing I want to say is we always talk about Logic being a great role model for young listeners, man. And I hope people took away from you that exact sentiment. You seem like a great guy. I'm excited to see everything that you're going to do later on in your you. career, man. And uh, have a great last year of college. Thank you, man. You, you, not you too. I almost said you too. You're not in your last <laughs> man, year of college. You I'm have a good <laughs> life, though. You have a good post years of college. Have a. <laughs> it's been pretty amazing right now, man. It's getting better talking to people like you. But awesome guys. Love to hear that, man. I'm gonna plug everything in there, um, in the bio of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Vibe Call West Radio. Done.